Greenville, Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, hour two of the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. Hunter Brody at Broads81. Don't forget the Daily Drive Show. Check me out each day on the drive-in. Now, today I didn't actually do it while I was driving. I actually got here so early that I forgot to do it, and I did it from right here. Well, we did a Daily Drive Show. I just wasn't driving. That's okay. That's fair. Yep. But make sure you check that out. Usually I get in the car about 10, 1030, somewhere in that range. I normally catch it after it goes live. So that you know, a lot of you can watch it, it at any time. Right. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Gill Show. We always talk about you know different things that are on our mind. What we're going to talk about on the show. People can fire questions off while we're driving in. My work uh, drive is about four to five minutes, so it's a short little boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you live real close. Real close. Yeah, I don't like driving too much. No, no, no. I, although as I've gotten older. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, as you get older, you don't mind driving. Like, I used to hate driving. Like, I used when I lived on the island, my drive was like 15 minutes or so, and it just drives me nuts. Really? Yeah. 15? Yep. It takes me about 40 to get down here, but I like it. I like it. I, yeah. well, I get greeny. Yeah, well, I, I'm saying, like, you know, when I drove to college, it was six hours, and I just could not handle it, man. I'd be going nuts. Yeah, but you got to think. See, I when I was playing hockey, it's like, all right, we're bus tripping to Boston. We're going to Michigan. We're going here. We're going there. You know, it's like I, I lived my life on the weekends on a bus trip. Yeah, that kind of stuff I just can't, like, I couldn't, I hate the long driving trip. To hang out with the boys, watch some movies on the TVs. You know what I mean? No, that's different. When you're having a couple of how you do's in well, the Well, we back. can't have had you. Well, on the way home from the business trip, of course. Sneak some in the back. <laughs> but not on a going to the game. You know what I mean? But the healthy. It's funny, though. When you got a couple healthy scratches and you see them in the corner. You think they're drinking a hot chocolate. You put a little something in the hot chocolate. They're not playing. You Wait, know did I mean? you take the bus on game day? Well, like, let's say, for example, let's say we're in Elmira, New York, right? We play them fr- on college. You play Friday, Saturday nights. So Thursday we would leave. We'd get there Thursday night, and then you would stay there Friday. But, yeah, you would bus from the hotel that you're staying in in Elmira and bus to the rink. Does that make sense? Yeah. I didn't know because like, you were like, well, you know, on the way down because. Oh, well, let's say Saturday night. Say you sweep, right? You get a nice sweep on Saturday night. No, but night, I was you like, leave. you're like, on the way down there, we couldn't do anything. But I was like, I didn't know. You know, because it's like a, it's college. You might, they might not want to pay for the hotel, so you drive in the same day that you're oh, playing. Oh no, no, no. We would stay the day before. Gotcha. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So a couple of things I want to touch on. By the way, did you see Daryl Morey step down? So everybody's going bonkers about the fact that he stepped down and that the Sixers now. Remember, the Sixers really made a hard push to get him uh, as the GM of the team. I wonder if the Sixers would make him the team president. There's been a lot of talk about changing the front office there. So is Maury, would Maury be interested and intrigued to come in now under the current setup? I'm you sure, think? I mean, I'm sure that there's some intrigue there based off the fact that this roster is what it is. I just feel the reaction that we're getting on Twitter, oh, go out and get this guy. It's the same thing that you see every time Clowney's available, Le'Veon Bell gets cut, Antonio Brown is released. Every time a big name is thrown out there or a bigger name, people just rush to go say, the, the Sixers need to get him. We love to do that in I, Philly, not, man. <laughs> Anybody who actually has a name attached to them, let's go get 
at him. Like, what's his back? I'm not saying his background stinks by any means, but what has he done where it's, I need this man. Like, I need him. Is, does Who, he have Maury? that type of resume? Where, like, you need him? Well, I mean, yes and no. To be fair, I mean... I'm not saying he stinks. I know he has a decent resume, but I feel it's overblown based off of what I've seen. Well, a oh, couple know, things. Number one. Write an is, open check for the guy. He ah. is uh, very analytical. And the Sixers, and we talked to Keith Pompey about this a couple months ago, they might need to lean off the heavy analytics a bit because apparently they were too heavy on analytics. Yeah, but if they don't want to do it, that doesn't mean they are. True. So, but Maury is very analytical. Um, I, I mean, he really gained this level of um, wherever standing he has in the league as an executive on the Harden trade. When he made that Harden trade, you know, he's been the executive of the year because. But that Harden trade, he really. I don't know that anybody else in the league saw James Harden as the best player on the team kind of player. He was a bench player for Oklahoma City. And that trade was really the blockbuster trade that, you know, he pulls off. And he's made a lot of other very favorable trades. Now, you're right. They've never won anything there. I don't love the Westbrook deal, but, you know, he found someone to take the Chris Paul contract. He's very good at that kind of stuff. But do we need that kind of stuff right now? I, I guess you do with Al yeah, Horford. Yeah, bad contracts. Yeah, you got Al Horford and all. But, I mean, if you get Russell Westbrook in here, I'm not stoked about it. By the it. way, he was the GM in Houston, to which Sam Hinkie worked under. And Hinkie had a lot of very Maury philosophies. I think this is part of the equation, sadly. But isn't there China ties with him and there being, was. There being was unhappy? There was a big thing this uh Way back, if you remember, back in October, he tweeted the thing about Hong Kong. Right. And so that really, there's a lot of people that thought he might not make it through the season. He made it through the season, and then apparently today he met with the owner, owner Tillman Fertitta, and then kind of said, look, I'm going to step by. And now, I don't know, some people think he was let go. I don't read it that way. The way I'm reading it was Fertitta wasn't like, oh, you know, yeah, we're going to fire this guy. In fact, he's still on as a consultant, I think, trying to hire the next coach. That's what I saw. But I just wonder if he's maybe trying to get away from NBA life as a whole. I'm interested to see, yeah, if someone ends up hiring him. But I know everybody, I mean, everywhere you look on Twitter, it's like, man, you got to go get this guy. He's the guy you got to go get. Because, look, Daryl Morey has been the GM for the, uh, the Rockets since 2007. I mean, he's been there for a long time. You wonder if he is ready to go to that next level and become a team president. I'm not against it. I don't want to make it seem like I'm against bringing in someone who, would ha who has had such a long career in one spot. I mean, that does have value. People do look at him as, you know, a respectable guy in this, in, in this NBA culture. I just wonder, though, why the outrage is the way that it is. Like, well, the what Rockets, has he shown you where it's, I need this man. I have to go get well, this I'll guy. Well, I'll give you some. I'll give you some. Okay. And I know that you'll say, or everybody will say, he never won a championship. That's the big flaw. But in his time there, never had a losing record, advanced in the playoffs nine times, Western Conference Finals twice, executive of the year. So never had a losing record, never missed the playoffs, advanced nine different times. They've had a long track record of success. Yeah, I, I don't need it to be. I'm not one of those where if you don't win a championship, that means you failed. No, obviously he has had success in this league. I, I think it would be interesting, him and Elton Brand. But, but I talk about the culture set. 
you know, the the China thing, maybe that's a rub off. Maybe that is a rub off. Um, for the Sixers, I don't know. I could, I, I would imagine that. I don't know. I, I, I it's a, it's a wonky it the, situation. He made it through the year, right? But then now this is happening at the end of the year. Is there a reason why that is tied together? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that that is a big part of conversation around the NBA and. People view that in a lot of different ways. Sure. Oh, believe me, it was a monster story back in October, and people thought he was going to get fired then. But if he didn't get fired then, I would imagine that they would keep him now. I, I think I, I believe that Maury uh, did step down and say, you know what, I'm ready to move yeah, on. Yeah, this didn't seem like a Matt Klentak step down, if you will. No, I think he went to them and maybe caught him off guard a little bit. That's and, how it and seems. And said, I'm going to step down, and to the point where the owner said, well, can you stay on and hire the coach, you know, help us out with that at least. Like, I don't think he was like, oh, thank God we got rid of this guy. It, it's interesting. I mean, him and Elton Brand together, I would be I would be comfortable with that. I wouldn't cry if it wasn't that, though. You know? Um, like, I'm not going to be devastated if the well, Sixers the question, don't hire this guy. Question, like, we know that the Sixers tried to get Maury. Yes, like, in the past. When they, when they hired Elton Brand, yep. they tried to get him to leave and he and he didn't the question would be if eventually that would basically pave the way for Maury to be the president like Colangelo was president and GM right are you now hiring can Elton Brand sense that you were hiring my replacement kind of thing yes that's what I'm saying is like does like Essentially, when the Sixers hired Colangelo but kept Hinky on board, Hinky saw the writing on the wall and said, they're not letting me do what I want to do. I'm out of here. Like, would that be the case, or does he just want to be a president of basketball operations? And guess what? What does the president of basketball operations do? What does Andy McPhail do as the president of baseball operations? We all think it's this glamorous thing that somebody needs to be the president of basketball above the GM, but does that handcuff the GM from doing the GM's job? I'm just worried about Joshua Harris and David Blitzer. How much impact do they have? Scott well, O'Neill. You, you can't change those guys. I know. Oh, O'Neill you can change. Scott O'Neill could be changed, yeah. Sports Pass brought to you by Comfort Now from Bob McAllister. Call Comfort Now for discounts and rebates on qualifying cooling and heating systems. Visit Bob and the Comfort Now team online at IWantComfortNow.com. Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com has your fantasy football questions answered on the other side. So, if you have a fantasy football question for Jeff, get it in right now. We'll open up the playsugarhouse.com text board, 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973. Get your fantasy football questions in for Jeff. He'll answer all the questions you guys have. We'll throw a bunch of different things his way to get you ready for week six in the fantasy football season. One of the best, if not the best, Jeff Pasquino. Footballguys.com, 15 years we've been doing this segment. And, man, he gives out great information. So get your questions in now, 609-403-0973-609. All right, now it's time for Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com. He's brought to you by Piccolilli in on Route 206 in Shemong, home of South Jersey's Best Wings. It's our fantasy segment with fantasy expert Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com. If you have a question for Jeff, he'll answer. Send us a text, 609-403-0973 on the playsugarhouse.com text board, 609 403 
888-532-0973. Get your questions in for today's Fantasy Fix with Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com, who joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Welcome back, Jeff. What's going on, man? Hey, Mike. Just a little bit of changes in the NFL season. Just a typical week six, right? Yep, and all the buys are now getting filtered in as well. It's kind of crazy uh, the way this is all kind of getting thrown at us here, but that's what we're here for. That's why we're helping you guys out. So let's get to your thoughts on week number six. Let's start with some quarterback play here where, man, I got a lot of stuff I want to throw you away. How about Ryan Tannehill? We saw him on Tuesday night. He's going to be right back on it uh, against Houston. Uh, but Tannehill seems like a guy you got to start taking some notice of. He does, and he's more of a QB, too, just because, I mean, his wide receivers are stepping up. A.J. Brown, John o. Smith is a, has been a, a formidable receiver, a tight end. That's always something to take note of, but it's really a matchup dependent. They want to run the ball as much as they can. Their defense is playing well. Uh, Tannehill is a more of a game manager, QB2, but he's definitely worth a roster spot during bye weeks. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater had a big week last week, got the Bears this week. Is it time that people start noticing Bridgewater? It is time to notice him and roster him, but this is not necessarily the best week to use him. He's more of a QB2 this week, but he's definitely consideration going forward. What are you telling people to do with Cam Newton? Cam Newton, uh, you got to get him uh, on your roster. He looks like he's going to be a play this week. Um, he's a top 10 quarterback according to our rankings week, so he's definitely worth a, a, a fancy lineup this week. Uh, Gardner Minshew, team's not good. Detroit's not good. But is Gardner Minshew good enough to play? He is because their offense has to move the ball somehow. He's got a running back, Robinson, who's doing really well. He's a top five on our rankings. Came out of nowhere, but he catches the ball in the backfield, so that's always good. And Minshew can run the ball, too. Those two things are a plus for quarterback, raises their floor, makes QB win this week. Uh, what about uh, Terry McLaurin? He's got a new quarterback there, got the Giants this week. Yeah, that's a weird game. I mean, the Giants are favored. They're an 0-5 team. But uh, Kyle Allen, is he's the lowest-rated quarterback this week. It's a tough one. Daniel Jones is a little bit better, but I would stay away from both uh, quarterbacks this week. Maybe you go with uh, – you know, the running backs and wide receivers, like get Devonta Freeman or even uh, uh, Washington's lead back at Antonio Gibson. Yep. Uh, what about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets? I feel like you are just got to find whoever the Jets are playing and find someone to put in that game, right? Yeah, that's a good option. Again, Fitzpatrick, he's got a good tight end, got a good running back who catches the ball. I think Fitzpatrick has got the magic. Again, he's, a, he's, a, he's ranked in our top five this week. Uh, looking at some quarterbacks here with Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com. I guess you lost Dak. Did, did you pick up uh, Andy Dalton? They were putting up big-time yards there and uh, points. Is Andy Dalton worth a play? Well, with that, that Cowboy defense right now, there's no D in Big D, so I think Andy Dalton's definitely worth a play. Arizona is a good team, so I think he's more of a QB2 this week as he sort of fills his way out, gets some timing down with his receivers, but He's a veteran who can definitely come in off the bench and play well. I think he's worth a roster spot. All right, Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com. If you have a question for Jeff, 609-403-0973. Hunter is uh, taking your questions from the text board. He'll have them for Jeff in just a second here. Let's go over to the running back position and see what we think about some of these guys here. You mentioned James Robinson. Uh, is this guy becoming a must-play? He is. He's he's a feature back for Jacksonville. He's a feature on all three downs, which is everything you can ask for. He gets 20 touches a game. He's definitely a top. He's a run back one almost every week. All right. Little, what about, uh, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon in that situation uh, in Denver this week? He got the DUI. Should he be in the lineup, though? Yeah, we checked on him today. He's He was practicing, so he might get the, you know, 
the temporary, like a quarter off at the most, like a, maybe a, a, a series or two. But Gordon is their feature back. Um, it's a tough matchup with the Patriots, so he's more of a running back two this week, but he's definitely worth starting on a bye week. Uh, Mark Ingram, the Eagles, uh, you know, they, their linebackers struggle, but typically they're doing pretty good against the run. What are you doing with the Baltimore running back? Uh, Baltimore's backs are kind of a mixed bag. Um, I, I think you got Mark Ingram, you've got uh, the, the running back, uh, rookie running back Dobbins, you've got the quarterback, the Mar Jackson, who can run the ball. They're just running the hot hand. They're trying to get their offense going. This is actually a good spot for them to beat up on Philadelphia. So kind of a get get right game on the road for the Ravens. So on a week, again, where players got buys, they're all in consideration, but I think they're more of a flex option. This yeah, week. don't forget, buys are in effect this week, and obviously always check the schedule to see what happens because of COVID. Flip it around. What about Miles Sanders? He had uh, I benched Miles Sanders last week. He had over 30 points, but he didn't really have a great game other than the big touchdown run. Well, I think you just answered your own question. He didn't have a good game, but he had a good fantasy game. That just shows he his involvement in that offense. So I think he's a must-start in a running back one in almost any matchup. Baltimore is a top defense this week, and we still have him listed as a running back one just because of his involvement. All right, a couple more running backs. We'll look at some wide receivers. Uh, what am I doing with the San Francisco guys? San Francisco, they're trying to get uh, Mostert going. The quarterback situation is a mess. Um, it's a bet. It's a tough matchup with the Rams. They have a great front four. Monster's their lead guy. They're going to use him the most. McKinnon to work in, uh, but Monster is a running back too going forward. All right, uh, one more for uh, the running backs before we flip over to the wideouts. Uh, how about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? He had that big opening week, uh, but uh, where are you putting him now? Yeah, he's been a hot topic all year long, and I've been one of the guys that put him in running back two for the year, and it's mostly because. He's a rookie. He's learning the offense, and he has not been effective in the red zone. He's only got two touchdowns. I think uh, the last one came as a receiver. He's just not punching the ball in. When you have Mahomes with all his weapons down near the goal line, uh, and you give him the ball to Hilaire and he's not getting it in, he's he drops down the list to a running back two. He's got to get the nose for the end zone before he moves in that running back one category. All right, Jeff Pasquino, footballguys.com, answering your week six fantasy football questions. If you have a question for Jeff, 609-403-0973, text it into us, and we will fire off as many questions for Jeff as we can fit in in the time allowed. All right, here we go. What about Dover at wide receiver? Got to ask about Travis Fulgham, right? Absolutely. I mean, he was a hot pickup for those in the know last week. He's definitely a hot pickup this week. Him and Chase Claypool for the Steelers. Those are the top two guys. I think you're looking at both those guys with wide receiver three as a floor and touchdown upside. All right. Uh, what about Juju Smith-Schuster? He was the guy. You just mentioned Claypool, but Smith-Schuster was uh, you know, a high draft choice, but not giving you much. Well, Smith-Schuster is looking like last week was the evidence that you know they're, they're going to focus on Juju, shut him down, and make somebody else beat them. Well, Claypool showed that he can, and he did it every quarter last week. So now they're going to have to respect both receivers in the, in the secondary, which will open things up for both of those guys to produce going forward. All right, uh, you get uh, oh boy, what are you doing with the uh, Houston, Will Fuller the receivers out there? I mean you're not getting DeAndre Hopkins type of stuff from any of those guys out there, so is Fuller a guy you're playing? Yeah, I think he's more of a boom-bust kind of guy he's seen more volume, but the guy that they really noticed that didn't get some work two weeks ago was Brandon Cooks, and he got a lot of the attention last week he is a wide receiver one. He's bounced around the league, but he, he got a lot of attention last week, put up 100 yards and a touchdown. He's a top. Uh, he, both those guys are wide receiver threes with upside. I think both those guys deserve roster spots and also probably starting spots each week. All right, a couple more before we get to your question, 
800-636-0973. A lot of questions coming in, so we'll uh, ask just one or two more for Jeff so we can fit in some more questions here. Uh, what about Brandon Ayuk? He had the big game, the run against the Eagles. Everybody saw him leaping over Marcus Epps, uh, but is he a guy you trust? Trust on a weekly basis? No. I think he's got big play potential, but with San Francisco, the, the way that they're going right now and the, the question marks around Garoppolo, a quarterback, and some tough matchups coming up ahead, I would I would only use Ayuk in a best ball league, and I keep him on bench. He's worth maybe holding going forward, but he's not getting enough targets to warrant every week consideration. All right. Uh, Jeff Pasquino, footballguys.com. Let's uh, get some listener questions here uh, before we get some sleepers, some waivers, and guys that Jeff is playing this week. All right. James Conner, Todd Gurley, or David Johnson? James Conner. I would say... David Johnson on those. That, those are, that's a good list, but I would go with David Johnson. It's probably good. Even against Tennessee, it's a tough matchup. Daryl Henderson or Edelman? Henderson does not look good. I think Akers is a sleeper, so I would go with uh, Edelman in a PPR league for sure. Higgins, Ayuk, or McLaurin? McLaurin, for, uh, no question, but um, I think uh, Higgins is worth a consideration, especially if Odell Beckham, who was sick today, is not able to go later this week. All right, this texter needs a wide receiver and a flex. Tim Patrick, DeAndre Swift, Tyler Boyd, and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is a wide receiver one going forward. He's getting 100 yards a week, and I think he's definitely uh, – so Robbie Robbie Anderson, does he need two? Yes, he needs a wide receiver and a flex, correct. Uh, so I would go with Patrick as well, again, on volume. All right, there you go. A couple questions from our listeners. We appreciate that. Always get them in. We'll try to fit in as many as we can. Before we run here, Jeff, let's get a couple of sleepers, waivers, guys that you like for week number six. A couple of running backs you got to mention this week. Alexander Madison is probably going to start for the Vikings. He's a running back one and replacing Dalvin Cook this week before the Vikings buy. Chase Edmonds is a great matchup against Dallas, and he's getting a lot of work, splitting that backfield for Arizona. Philip Lindsay should be get worked in with Melvin. Uh, we know Melvin Gordon got the DUI concern there. Uh, uh, some sleeper picks. I mentioned Cam Akers. He should be rostered now. He had a big run last week in Washington. But two sleeper picks. The Michael P. Ryan for the Jets because they cut the, they just cut uh, Le'Veon Bell. So he might get some work going for it. And Jeremy McNichols for Tennessee is now the running back too. Uh, Darrington Evans went to IR. And if anything happens to Derrick Henry, McNichols is going to be your guy, so roster him in deep. Wide receivers, we mentioned a lot of the good ones. LaVisca Chenault is a good guy to pick up, as is T. Higgins for Cincinnati. Also a tight end, always an overlooked position. Johnny Smith for Tennessee and Robert Tanyan for Green Bay are both getting uh, red zone touchdown work. All right, there you go. Week six, don't forget, you got buys this week. Get those guys out of your lineup and make sure you set them all up. He's Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com as we get you ready for week six in the fantasy football world. Jeff, good luck, pal. Good luck, everybody, and enjoy the games. All right, as always, he appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline and his appearance on the show. It is brought to you by the Pick of Lillian. Be sure to call the Pick for your game day favorites like their award-winning wings, ears, and tails Check them out online at pickalilly.com. That's Jeff Pasquino from thefootballguys.com. A lot of info right there. Yeah, I'm not doing too good in my main league. No? No. I had, a big, I had the high score for the week last week. Not doing good. Jeff I got gave one. me a little, uh, I well, didn't listen to him. A little him. off the scenes? I didn't listen to him. He told me to play Sanders. I didn't. I went with James Robinson. Now I won. But I probably should have gone with Sanders. I would have had possibility of getting a high game. You got like a high game pot in your league? 
No, we don't have a high game pot. No? No, we just have the full season gig. So, like, the person who gets the highest score for one week gets nothing? Nope. Yeah. That's interesting, though. I might bring it up. Oh, yeah. Do you have yeah. a transaction pot? Yes. Yeah, the person who gets the highest score for one week wins the transaction pot. Okay. That's how we do it. All right. Yep. So, if your team's out of it, one of the reasons why you want to kind of try because you want to play for that high game score. Uh, yeah, I've, I've won win on the season, Gil. Yeah, but it, like if your team just no, went, I, but no, not bonkers saying. one week. Well, it's so the other week I put up 170 something points, right? I'm all stoked. That would have won any matchup that week. Of course, not the week that I played my. Yeah, that happens. Though I don't have a problem with leagues like that. People are like ah, oh, yeah. Well, there's games in the NFL where you lose 48, 42. Defense doesn't show up that week. That's right. Got uh, Cam Newton coming back for me this week. Hopefully, looks like. Uh, you know, I had Bridgewater coming in off the bench hot last week. This is all getting crazy. This whole rescheduling of the games. You're going to have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night football games. Well, it was weird because I usually like my fantasy on Tuesday because everything's done and calculated. I'll start to look to see if I have any buys, if I have injuries, waiver wire. There's games on Tuesday, so I was all out of whack this week. Now, I went to the waiver wire to look at stuff, and people were picking up guys left and right. You know, Fulgums gets picked. I didn't get a chance to pick any. Not that I needed to, really, because my team's really good. You don't like Fogum? I do. I, I said I tried to look. I have nobody to drop. My team's so good. Oh. You must know what be I nice. mean? Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I didn't like it that much on draft night, but it's coming around. All right, that's your Fantasy Fix with Jeff Pasquino. When we come back, we got headlines on the way. So much going on. Adam Kaplan has news you need to stick around for for Football at Four. This is the radio home for Philadelphia Eagles football. This Sunday, the Eagles host the Baltimore Ravens at the link. Benson the gun. He's back. He's looking. He is firing. Touchdown. SPN. All right, let's get into the headlines today. The Sports Bash headlines here on 97.3 ESPN, brought to you by Recovery Centers of America, Drug and Alcohol Addiction Treatment Centers in Mays Landing, New Jersey, and in Devon, PA. So uh, we got a lot happening. Uh, I- I'm like, there is so much happening, Like, but the hockey's done. And we talked about yesterday, the hockey would have been back by now had uh, this been a normal uh, year. We were The Flyers played three games already by this point last year. And the NBA season, I think, started October 11th last year. So uh, we're kind of missing out on that. We're not going to get that stuff for a little while here. So it's like we're almost kind of back into, like, normal times where it's just baseball. uh, But, uh, I mean, not normal times with no hockey and no basketball here. And I'm kind of missing, like, the fact that there's going to be no basketball season starting right now. You know? Yeah, we could be seeing Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid down at the center. We could. We would have seen the whole Sixers offseason. That's what I really would have liked to see. I'd like to get a little insight on what the offseason's going to look like. Well, hopefully we see that in the, in the future. That's here. what I'm missing out on is what Darryl, I'm Daryl Morey. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. How do you feel about it, though? I mean, I know we kind of talked about it, but that can ease us into the headlines a bit with him. Do you think they have to do it? Do okay. whatever it takes? I, well, they should always do whatever it takes. I don't think they have to. Here, my 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 um, apprehension would be: Are you? What's the message you're sending to Elton Brand? What if it's just a good duo? Like, hey, you two together could be dynamic. Not so much, hey, he's here to take your job, but you two together can do a hell of a job. If yeah, I mean, like I just remember going back to when they brought in Colangelo, and that was kind of like, oh, 
you know, um, Sam can lean on Colangelo for some experience. Now, that's not what happened. Colangelo was like, we're not helping this guy out. And Sam saw the writing on the wall. Does Elton feel like my word is now being... Well, they picked him for a reason in the beginning, right? When they hired Elton Brand, they picked Elton Brand over... I don't know if it was the best reason. <laughs> Fair enough. I Maybe. mean, literally, I think that one of the reasons that some people are skeptical, not that they don't think Elton could do a good job, that maybe they will never get to see if he could do a good job because Elton was picked because he would listen to the organization. And I don't know if getting somebody like Daryl Morey fixes that issue. What if they do hire him? But at the end of the day, the people who are in charge now are still in charge and make the, the last decision. Then the hiring, what does the hiring do? Well, I think Daryl Morley is too savvy of a guy. Just He just, wouldn't take it. Right. He would read between that pretty quickly and be like, I'm not coming unless I have full autonomy. Right. Because and then at that he, point, does, if he has full autonomy, does Elton Brand say, well, what about me? Well, I'll tell you what. I think anything's better than what they have been putting together in the front office over the last handful of seasons. I don't even know. That whole spiel of Elton Brand speaking, saying, you know, I have the power, essentially, was the message he was trying to get across. I don't even believe it. I just don't. I think that was a, we talked about coach speak with Jim Schwartz. That was just organizational speak to the media and to the fans to get them to shut up a bit. (laughs) I don't know. Does he go out there and so boisterously puff his chest out without having the backing of the organization to, to say that? Well, I think that was an organizational decision. Hey, this is what we're going to say to Oh, uh, Listen, if you really believe to, to the full extent that he is literally just a puppet to the front office, then that's a problem. Yeah, and I think that is the case right now, sadly. That's a big problem. Yeah, and I don't know if this front office, you, you talk about the autonomy of it. If Darren Moore is like, fine, I want the autonomy, then I don't think he's even hired because I don't know if they're willing to give that to somebody because you're not willing to give it to the GM now, right or wrong, if they believe he's not the right guy or whatever, yeah. then you got to make that change And then. I think that um, Maury's smart enough to read through the, you know, the to, to, to sift that out. Definitely. It'll be interesting, though. You know, we'll see where the Sixers go from here. And speaking of the Sixers, this happened a couple days ago, but I want to bring it up. Brett Brown will not be the Australian basketball coach anymore. Yeah. And I just feel... Did, did, do we take away love of basketball from this guy? <laughs> that's that's the ongoing Twitter joke that the Sixers, the Philadelphia fan base, killed the enjoyment of basketball. No, for I Brett think Brown. what he said made some sense. It though, did. That it he did. doesn't under he doesn't know where his next job may be. He doesn't know what is you know, and he's got to focus more on that. He doesn't want to not be up for a job situation because he's doing that. I think he needs to just. Take a couple deep breaths. Maybe put the feet up for a little bit and he say, thank, "Thank you. I don't have to put up with those people He's anymore." Getting paid for two more years, sure, handsomely, sure, yeah. Just I'm kick a, back. I'm a little surprised that he didn't get an interview with some of these teams. I know a lot of people out there are probably. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> um, the only thing I'll say in terms of, I'm a little surprised he didn't get an interview, but I'm I'm not surprised with the teams that were available. Because a lot of the teams that are available are teams that are good, that are ready to win, and maybe they don't view him as the guy to get him over the top. He would be more the guy that comes into the bad team and you know does that again. And and like that sucks if that's like what you're viewed as. But maybe that's who he is at this point. But I don't think the Rockets are saying, "Hey, we're close. Let's bring Brett Brown in, and he's going to change things." Uh, New Orleans, I don't think is. I think they feel like they're closer than maybe they really are. 
Who's the other? Oh, the Clippers. I didn't think he was going to be involved. The Bulls might have been a job that may have been, but, you know, that went yeah, to and, a higher profile and I guy. Think, I think I read something that he's not really interested in, like, that assistant job role. It would be head coach or Well, guess not. what? If I'm getting paid what he's getting paid right now, I'm not interested in an assistant job either. You know what I'm interested in? Fishing. <laughs> Do you see Brett as a fisherman? Uh, With the accent? Yeah. I mean, you know, Maine, Boston area, probably goes up to the lake in Vermont and Maine, wets a line. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> you don't think? I don't see Brett Brown as a fisherman. No. Maybe he sits on the bench, throws uh, breadcrumbs, pigeons, <laughs> feeds the it's birds. like a, yeah, a random dock. He's just walking around these parks and just throwing bread around. Maybe he goes crabbing. Jeez. Okay, I can see the crab. We can get into the crab life, maybe. Yep. Maybe he goes crabbing. Now, you mentioned the Pelicans. Stan Van Gundy meets with the Pelicans. You Stan Van Gundy's man. Not really. I think the obs- the obsession with him is I hear him on TV. You know? Now that he's part of the broadcasting. Oh, he's what, so he's a hell smart. of a follow on Twitter. He is a good Twitter I hope guy. if he gets a job, he doesn't stop tweeting away. You would think he might have to a bit, no? Uh, with some of his... Uh... Some of his tweets, yes, I would think that, that the organizations might not, uh, they might roll him back a little bit on uh, some of his tweets. Where are the Pelicans, though? You mentioned they think they're closer than what they might be. Zion is a work in progress. He's not just going to take you where you need to be instantly. Well, that's what where, I said. I think yeah, they where think, are they? I think they're, they think they're closer than they are, maybe. I'm not a big Zionsman. Not that I think that he stinks. I've said I don't think he changes your franchise. I think he changes your franchise in terms of you're on national TV all the time, you're selling merchandise, you're selling tickets. I don't think he makes you a championship-level team. Not now. Could he be in three or four or five years? Maybe. Maybe. Here's the problem I've always had with Zion. Look at the league. I mean, people are shooting threes. He can't shoot a lick. I just want to play a little devil's advocate with you just a bit because you're a Ben Simmons fan. How could you say that about Ben or how can you say that about Zion, but then not factor in Ben as well? Into well, that because equation? Ben is a quote-unquote point guard or handles the ball a lot. Excellent court vision. Tremendous passer. He sets other guys up. I don't think Zion, his top quality is setting others up. I think Zion, you want him to score. Yeah, he's a weird position. Not that the NBA is positional anymore. It's positionless basketball, but... What is he? What is well, what not, is his he's not, role? He does. If he has the ball in his hand, it's not because he's setting up others to score. Right, that's true. And he's a little. I mean, he actually. I will say this: he was better in terms of scoring around the basket than I thought he would be. Another problem: he's short. I mean, he's not a tall guy, and if he's not going to be a shooter, he's got to do a scoring in the painted area. Well, when you're playing Virginia, you're not facing seven-foot guys who are athletic and block your shot. And I think he had a lot of problems trying to get his shot up over bigger guys. Now, he did. He has such explosion that when he gets to a certain point, he can just explode to the basket. But I just don't see him as this guy who's going to transform. Transform, like... The hype that he came in with was that he was going to transform your team, and I, I don't see that. I don't see that he's the best player on the team that wins a championship. He's exciting. He's fun. He's going to turn that franchise uh, around in terms of exposure. I don't know that they're a top-four team in the West. Here's where I'll, I'll put my opinion on that. I, I can see where you're going with that, and I'm not trying to downplay it, 
But I am very, very, very big on how this is a grown man's league. And I just feel at 20, it's almost like when you talk about these players in the NFL draft. You pick them last year. Well, there's like a three-year window before you can really judge what type of player he is. At 20 years old in the NBA, I just don't know if it's enough time. Like, until he's 27, 28, 29, that's the age where that page starts to be turned on you are that leader. Well, I mean, okay, I I agree with you. I'm not saying that they need to win the championship now. I'm just saying, uh, down the road, do do you see him becoming a three-points marksman? I don't think it's impossible to develop that. It might be hard, but there's so much time. There's like eight years until I put him in that range of dominant time. So another problem that and he had it again this year and is he's a very big body. Yep. How big uh how long can he handle that frame? He's gonna have to slim down. Yeah, and does that diminish his effectiveness? It, yes, if he plays this way. But that that comes down to will he add to his game? Will well, he become a different player? I remember the first game he played this year. He had like four for four from three point range. The fourth quarter was insane, remember? People were going nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. He had like four for four from three-point range. After that night, though, I mean, from three-point range this year, he was terrible. He, he had was, 17 straight points at one point. Uh, in that game, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. he uh, In that game, he hit four three-pointers. The rest of the season, he hit two. Yeah, 22 points in 18 minutes. Yeah, he hit two three-pointers the rest of the way. Now, he shot 42%. From three-point range, but he only shot 14. He was four for four that night, and then he was two for ten the rest of the way. Not great. I mean, if he develops that part of his game, then sure, that that would take him to another level, much like Ben. I think Ben's very good. He has to take that offensive game. He needs to expand it. I think Zion needs to expand his offensive game. No doubt about it. He's just so raw right now. He's so raw that it's hard for me to even get a vibe on him at this moment. I see the athletic traits that can possibly be something dominant that can be the difference in bringing a team to a championship or not. It just comes down to will he be able to execute it and develop the way that he needs to. But 20 years old, he's just so damn raw. He's like a child, you know, and his personality matches that too. I think that's another reason why some of us feel the way that we do about him because yeah. I feel his personality is so kind of childish, if you will. Not in a bad Man way. Man child. Yeah. Like it's lovable not, guy. Yeah, it's not in a bad way. It's just who he is. You know, he's a nice, young, likable guy. He doesn't have that dominance attitude yet, and maybe that'll grow. All right. Baseball. You got big baseball games tonight. Let's start with the Rays and Astros. John Curtis on the bump. This is according to the probable pitchers on ESPN.com. John Curtis. We talked about him a little bit yesterday. Rays going down that road. You okay with that? That's what they do. I know they do. It's so great. They got nobody else really, right? I mean, obviously they picked him for a reason. Astros probably with the rookie. You probably see Curtis go for an inning, I would imagine. Yeah, Houston is going with a rookie. Garcia. Dusty making decisions. So we're not having Verlander. I don't know. I thought that's. I thought Glassdale would shut it down last night. And then remember yesterday when we were talking about it, I said I didn't realize Grinky was going, and Grinky pitched well. Dusty had a big decision to make there. He stuck with Grinky. Did you like that move? Of course. I always like sticking with the better guy. Well, he stuck with Altuve at second base after these hiccups. There were some questions: Should he DH Jose Altuve? And he did not. He stuck with his guys. 
I think you have to. Altuve's, we talked about this a little yesterday. And one of the texters brought up the difference between the Rays and maybe the Phillies. Would you ever pinch hit for Bryce Harper, this and that? I, I, we saw his mindset, although it was a little bit flawed. You got to go with your guns, man. Like, these are the guys that got you here. These are the guys that won you championships. If Altuve's having errors, you got to stick with Altuve, no? I have. I always stick with my best guys. I mean, Greinke last night, the decision, you know, the bases are loaded. They have the decision to make. He's at whatever pitches, 90-some pitches. I guess he was at 80s. I don't know what it was, but 87. It was a three-ball, two-strike count. So he, he's around 87 pitches. And... There's no way I say, oh, he's around 100 pitches. I'm getting him out of the game. He's the best guy I have. At that moment, Greinke is better than Javier coming in and, and, and Presley coming in. He's my best. So I stick with Greinke in that spot. I always stick with the top starters. I don't ever say, eh, I'm going to pass it over to... There's a reason that guy's your... Like, the, we had that conversation about Wheeler. I'm not taking Wheeler out to go to anybody in my bullpen. There's a reason I pay Wheeler $175 million. He's a much better option than anybody I bring in. He could throw two more pitches. I'm sorry. If you're at 100 pitches, you can go to 102. That's not breaking the bank there. There's no way I was taking Grinky out of that spot last night. No way. Well, it's very situational for me. Obviously, it, it depends on where you're at in the game, what's the situation, how many pitches, and, and things of that nature, who's up in the lineup. So, And when you have a bullpen that works, I mean, for us, it's easy to say Zach Wheeler, sure. I mean, you don't have a bull you have a historically bad bullpen. But if you're like the Rays, well, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe making a bullpen move if that's the case. But if the Astros win tonight... You a little nervous? No. For, for the race? No. No. Cool, calm, collected? No, they still have weapons. They got uh, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton. Yeah, I'm okay. All right, how about the next game, though? Dodgers, Braves, Kershaw. How do you feel about Kershaw? The legacy talk. It's a big one for him. Where are you on Kershaw? He gets the ball tonight. Uh, not an all-time great because of the 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 problem. Like he's like the reverse of Schilling. Schilling had average regular seasons. He never he had like a couple standout regular seasons, not many, but he had like one or two really standout regular seasons. Schilling, but he was excellent in the postseason. Kershaw's the other way around. He's been excellent in the regular season. I don't know that he's ever had a standout regular season. I wonder if we're going to see some lingering issues with this back tonight. Let's say he gets on the bump, first couple innings, you see the Braves get some hits. Will you see him exit the game early, maybe holding the back? I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, how do you not go game two and then you're ready to go now? Or game three, whichever game that he was scheduled, I think it was game two. And now he's just ready to go and he's a perfect? There's no way. Uh, good point. I mean, backs are a little tricky. One day you could wake up. I mean, I had a lumbar sprain. How was that? Years ago. Horrible. Yeah, I can only imagine. And there might be a day where I have spasms like you wouldn't believe and not have them again for another month. You still get anything like that? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, To okay. this day, I'll get a spasm, back spasm, where I'm like, it feels like someone takes a key and locks you. Yeah. And you're like, oh! And you're just standing there like, oh my God! How long? 15, 20 seconds, Ooh. maybe, and then, then then that's it. But if that happens on that day, you're like, I am, I'm not taking a shot. But then it, 
might not like back problems. Back, and I don't have like I'm not like I don't take like any painkillers or never have. I had a lumbar sprain playing football when I was in high school, and I've had these random back spasms in that exact spot for years. Have you ever gone to a chiropractor? No, I, I, it happens once in a blue moon. Like he might have the back problem on a Tuesday, and then. He's, he's pitching that Tuesday, so it looks like he's got to go another day, maybe. 